Content warning for gun violence. See the description for timestamps and details. Didn't think you'd be in town, were the words of Lord Strangford as he entered the Coldfield train station office. Come from Erubia, Mr. Walker occupies the space as he waits for the line bulls of the Pride of Tusquall. Atop the desk is a small box containing journeyman wedges that will fit on the corners of their badges and entitle them to greater glory and compensation. The Lord Strangford was not anticipated, and through his proficiency in small talk, extracts the badge name of one of the wedges recipients, McKeel. Strangford grins at this name, but Walker cannot bring himself to return the mirth. He exhales as the Lord excuses himself, and Walker proceeds to idly lift the journeyman wedge between thumb and forefinger. These wedges are secure, so as to avoid any loss during the dangers of all faces. And yet, the small mechanism inside allows for easy ejection in the case of a bull's retirement or demise. Fingers trembling, Walker tests each one as the line bulls prepare for their final sleep as apprentice line bulls. on a train. That's right. I said welcome back. This is a podcast we play Ghost Lines and RPG by John Harper. I'm your conductor, Greg. And let me let me just tell you up front right now, <laughs> if this is your first episode, uh, you should go back at least two, maybe, probably. <laughs> <laughs> or episode 19 or somewhere. I'm going to be real with y'all. This is <laughs> this is going to be not a, a friendly one for new listeners. <laughs> All right. Well, hi. I'm uh I'm Hannah. I play Andrew Anderson. Uh and I guess I don't need to do a little intro because uh Greg has told all the new listeners to fuck off. <laughs> so you all know who I am. <laughs> I'm Guy. I play Pippin Pip McKeel, and I'm only saying that now to remind myself. Um, I'm Stefan, and I'm a certified uh, Disney Channel original movie Radio Rebel. Uh, so, uh, fuck Greg and don't listen to him. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> hey, what character do you play? Oh, and I play Drix. <laughs> <laughs> Stefan's like, fuck you. New listeners, welcome. I'm not going to say who I am. No. <laughs> new listeners, welcome. I am an enigma. Let the new listeners know that I am I am hostile. <laughs> to them. <laughs> oh, all right. Last time, our line bulls, with the help of the uh, tribe of Severosi magicians uh, occupying the arcane fortress of Belial, Drix's family summons Vuldrani once more, made him whole, and uh, handily defeated him. This time, within a binding circle set up by Orlans, the eighty-something, uh, ready, too old for this shit, ready to magician retire. It's a hermitage, master and father figure to Drix, who will use the bits from Voldrenai in order to create a, a fantastic custom piece of gear for Drix. But unfortunately, it will not be ready before you guys need to head out. However, the other bit of uh, gear that you uh, tried to get with the two uh, trauma armor trinkets, the charms created from the... Uh, Leviathan Spectrodulum, those will be done the next morning, as you guys will um, spend one more night in Belial and head out back to Cullfields for your journeymanship uh, ceremony. Mm-hmm. For clarification, I do not have the partial Vulgen I bear here than either, do I? You don't have that either. You're going to have to go one line without it. Got you. Got you. No protection. Understood. No protection. Greg says no protection. <laughs> but you have a baller piece once you get to your next stop. If you survive. If you survive. So you guys might be all kinds of beat up after Vulture and I. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll tell you this. You've got one night here in Belial. So the Physiker is... A genius as far as surgery and healing and their vampiric nature makes them a natural anesthetician. You don't have access to that here, but you guys can spend favor for some crimson elixir, violet remedy equivalents of like a favor for a, a spot of healing. 
as well as if you want to do anything else this night. I have one favor. What have you guys got? I spent all my things on two custom armors. I have four favors. I got seven. Nice. Nice. I am also at, like, nine harm. I am at nine harm and ten trauma. Jesus, I'm at I'm only at six harm. Like, I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> Admittedly, I do like the plus one, but also I don't really want to take a scar the second we get to battle. If you'd like to trade me, I believe we agreed it is it is four stash for one favor. <gasps> if anybody would like to dig into their savings. Okay, can I give you one favor for one healing? Sure. I will do that. So, knock off one square. Oh, okay, fine. Two favor for mm-hmm. two. I can barely read my handwriting for how much stash I have. Well, not squares, clock segment. Can I already give you the favor for the thing I have on order? Probably. Okay. I'll, I'll trust you. I mean, I don't remember. If you think you didn't, then go ahead and, and get rid of it. How much was it? Three. Okay, then I'm down to two favor. I've also got 40 stash, so I can spot you guys some if you if you need. I've got 31, because I just spent stash to get favor for this costume <laughs> shit. <laughs> uh, alright, alright. I have one favor, but I need a lot of healing, so I'm like, okay, I think Trix is just gonna end up poor again. I will give you four stash. Okay. You can also give the favor if you want. I only have two favor. Well, actually, yeah. It's more economical to give the one favor. I'll give you one favor. Okay, thanks. So that'll give me two favor. I'm going to get two Crimson Elixirs. Okay, so I'll use the two favor for two Crimson Elixir, and I'll spend eight stash for two Violet Remedies. That'll bring me down to 23 in stash. Do I need one more? I might need one more. Yeah, alright, fuck it. 19. 19. We're going down to 19. Going out to 19. Oh, you're so poor. I'm so poor. Are you sure? I can spot you some stash as well if you want. I feel bad. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. I'm, I have 40. I don't want to be like twice as rich as you. <laughs> okay, I'll go back up to 23. Just because you're deeply irresponsible with your money. Hey, 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 hey. I didn't know this was coming when I spent that shit. I've been waiting, I've been waiting a long time to get to Belial. <laughs> hey, listen, listen, if there's any Okay, I don't know if this person exists, but if a person existed that were to splice videos together, I'd want the audio of Stefan right now being like, hey, I didn't know this was happening and had to be like, you spent your money irresponsibly. And then going to the first piece of custom gear ever purchased, Drix's hat, but also his normal mask. (laughs) (laughs) That was a three favorite custom gear, listener. I don't know if you remember that. (laughs) It's very cool. The other reason I don't mind spotting you is because I do love the in-universe, the in-universe uh, fact that Drake's medical needs are currently being uh, financially covered by a fourteen-year-old girl. That's fair. <laughs> that is very funny. It is deeply funny. Yeah, Drake's. You went to the medicine hut where the supplies of medicine are stocked uh, for all sorts of, you know. Two-headed snake bites, sun exhaustion, bumps and scrapes from, you know, doing tumble rumbles and that sort of thing. And unfortunately, the person manning it is Lugis Belial. And he hates your ass. He's <laughs> 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 got his uh, fingers tented, one eyebrow, like, really, really raised. You've never seen that eyebrow lowered in your life. Like the Sword of Damocles. Like the Sword of Damocles. He's got a perfectly, like, shaved, bald, and, like, shined head, and you can see your own desperate face in his shined head, and you know that's what he likes. You know he's a sicko. Uh, and Lugis Belial, is, as, as, as you come for, for healing, is like, Well, well, well. You hurt yourself again, cousin. I hear you were rumbling with the tumbles with your little friend of yours, Nissa. You get the little owie, and now you come to Lugis. <laughs> Andrew says to Pip, "Are they all cousins?" Honestly, at this point, I think he might be a, a title. Oh, okay, that's fair. I called the kids at the orphanage my siblings sometimes. It's, it's not a doctorate, except familial. 
What's a doctorate? <laughs> a doctorate is something that perhaps I would have if I subscribed to the certifications of the Imperium. But no, I am beyond such things as a magician. This has apprentice. not answered my question. Lugis is a healer. And oh, yes, I am, but I don't do it for free. <laughs> not for you, cousin. Not for you, apprentice. Not for you, Imperial. <laughs> Wait, you don't you don't heal your cousins for free? That seems kind do you understand up. how fragile this all is? We are all alone. We can only occasionally make trips into the Imperium, so I I must rule over this medicine tent with an iron fist. He thinks that I don't know that he doesn't charge other people, but he does in fact charge me. I feel like healthcare should be free. Yeah, it really seems like it should be. I mean, typically it mostly is for us, other than, like, I guess a copay. My cousin Adric over there, he knows that it was free here, but it appears that he comes as a bull. He's decided to live in the Imperium rather than live here among his cousins. And so I have no choice but to treat him in the manner in which he's become accustomed. But wait, doesn't that mean it's not free here then? Which would mean it's not No, no, free. it's ordinarily I would I would be good to my cousins that live here in Belial. So it's only free uh, at your own personal whims? Yes, you understand now. That seems really bad. You understand now? That, that seems really bad. And yet, you are powerless to change. I mean, I am. How much money do you want? We're getting dangerously close to social commentary. <laughs> How much, you ask? Ooh, I... Just get the rigmarole and go ahead and charge us, Lugis. You can pay me in those silver coins, or perhaps in favors to be extracted later. I do not like this. I don't know. Favors technically are... I know this guy named Gemstone. Uh, he seems like he could probably, I don't know, do something for you. You seem... I yes, very good. And he slams uh, two bottles oh, in front of you. you. <laughs> and you, what do you have for me? What do you have for Luges? <laughs> I didn't even tell him anything about Gemstone. That was really easy. <laughs> I am a Severosi magician. I shall find this gemstone. You just need to know that that he exists. You've granted me the favor, haven't you? I, Within your heart, I, out yes. your mouth. That is all I need. And he makes a motion like he's catching a blown kiss. But it's like, it looks really sinister when he does it with his crazy, like, fingers. This is very <laughs> odd. Has anyone ever told you you look like you'd be able to play the piano very well? Got penis's fingers. Ah, yes, yes. I could play you yeah, a tune. Yeah, you do have penis fingers. <laughs> hey, now that's crass. <laughs> I don't like that. That hurt my feelings. Well, it hurts my feelings that you don't let me get free healthcare. I'm very self-conscious about my fingers, and they're going away now. They look like penises. <laughs> Just take your bottles and go. Thank you. Pip reaches into his coat and pulls out two silver coins solid fairly thick probably around like two or three like millimeters like chunky boys and on one side there is a symbol of cross daggers indicating that these are from the dagger isles Ooh, very neat thank you thank you yes yes the scent of the owner is still upon them I shall extract my favor later. And very timidly, uh, with the tips of his long penis fingers, Lugis, uh puts it into his sack and, like, side eyes at where Andrel uh, either left or was. I don't know if you left. No, I'm still here. Yeah, at where Andrel is. Puts them, puts them down. And you, cousin. Oh, cousin, 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 cousin. You are looking a bit worse for wear. Am I? You thirsty because of your owies? Did Nissa beat you so badly that you're gonna cry? No, Lugis, I fought a demon last night. Ooh, you shouldn't talk about women that way, Trix. <laughs> I am a known women respecter. How dare you? I, if I, you, you give the vibe of someone who doesn't respect women if anyone in here doesn't respect women. <laughs> Pip also kind of gives that vibe, but by this point, I think he's fine. <laughs> Pip just shrugs. Very well. Give me your favor or your coins, whichever. 
alright, here's some coins. And he tosses a handful at Lugis, making sure that one goes over his shoulder and he has to turn around and pick it up. <laughs> he's going and he's like, oh my, but I don't think this is enough to cover how hurt you are. Oh, oh, oh no. And he turns around to go grab, grab the last one. Drix very, 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 like, openly considers wedging it. Like, his hands are drifting towards the waistband. <laughs> I imagine you snap back just in time so he doesn't notice as he turns uh-huh. around. Like, uh-huh. exactly. I don't know if this is enough for all that you have. I'll give you a couple bottles, but is this really it? No. Do you need some more? For your little owies. Okay, alright. Here is a free ticket to the next Off the Rails movie. Oh my, yes. They're about family, no? They are about family. I do very much appreciate my family. Don't you know that, cousin? I think you can learn a few things, cousin. I'll be taking this. Thank you. You're welcome. Here is your last bit of elixir. <sighs> See you later, cousin. <laughs> Tell your apprentice to stop being so mean. No. Tell your fingers to stop being so penis-shaped. They're all floppy-like. Stop it! Stop it, I'm counting your money, leave! <laughs> and you're kicked out of the medicine hut as he's as he's covering his face with his uh, penis fingers. <laughs> uh, I can't believe you had to use my ticket to the new off-the-rails. Thanks for sliding me a couple coins while we were at it, too. Yeah, you should maybe cool it on the hat buying as we go forward. Whoa, 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 whoa. I, I'm just saying. I haven't bought a hat in forever, I'll have you know. I mean, I don't, I don't believe you. It's been months since I bought a hat. Okay, if I go look at the secret hat stash, am I going to find no new hats there? Drix stares intently. Uh, <laughs> none that I paid for? Oh my god. Okay, let's just go. <laughs> no more haberdashers for you. What am I supposed to do? The new hat box comes every month. How does it know where to go? <laughs> <laughs> that was never a problem for the Spark Boys, so logically, like, this is established. You know what? I, I take it back. <laughs> You've got to cut down on your conscri- uh, pers- fuck. subscription, subscription <laughs> services. Okay, okay. Maybe I'll swap to the quarterly hat instead of the monthly hat. <laughs> uh, is there anything anybody would like to do during the night? You guys are going to have to leave. So we're at the crack of dawn. A blind hour. The first of two times where the sun burns a little bit with the embers of it. I think Drix goes out and watches the bottle tree. Andrew's gonna stare at the ceiling and and think about probably probably alternate wildly between thinking about tits and her oncoming treason. Mm-hmm. Those are the two topics in her little brain. Tits and treason. Honestly fair. TNT, baby. Boo. Pip, you want anything? Uh, I'm going to say Pip slept in, so I don't have to think about what to do. Pip turns in early for the night. Andrew, uh, get Flip and Tegan uh, and Claire, Clairvoyance, are uh, pretty quiet. So they're playing with the toys and practicing spells, but you're just staring up. Either at the lower bunk or a top bunk, maybe, I don't know. Uh, obviously, we'll always go for the top bunk. Yeah, top bunk, so they can't see you as you just stare off. I mean, it's not so they can't see me. It's just, I... Oh, yeah, of course. Andrew likes to be tall. <laughs> Drix, you sit, knowing that this may be the last time you're, you're here for a bit. The bottle tree looks really serene compared to the ghost catching that you've been partaking in lately. It looks really peaceful, like a firefly floating into a jar when a, a passing spirit attracted to the collection of spirits of the bottle tree finds itself trapped. The whole thing feels safe. Nothing like the screaming and prying and tearing that you have to do on the lines. And this is probably your last bit of respite from that before you get back to the grinds. Drix kind of stares up at it. 
You can see on his face that he misses it. But uh, after a few minutes of that, he kind of shrugs. <laughs> he kind of shrugs and like settles as he like stares up at the sky. And just kind of pulls his hat over his eyes and takes a quick nap out under the tree. Alright, crack of dawn. You're all assembled. Tegan walks uh, Orlance out, carrying two dangling charms. They're in the shape of eyes. Each one's slightly different. I don't think anybody here would remember enough. Just visually, I don't think your characters even would remember the exact shape of the, the skeleton left behind by the Leviathan Zoo. But I think in, in working these charms, the shape sort of naturally took the form of some of Sagamorath's many eyes. So uh, you two can go ahead and write down Leviathan Eye Charm. Ooh. Take one less trauma. Trauma armor, whatever you want to describe. Mm-hmm. Oh. Orleans is like, one for you and one for you. Thanks. And for you, Pippin McKeel, I have... And he reaches out towards your face, Pip, and then past your face, and then behind your ear, and then he coughs, and <laughs> a coin falls from his sleeves. And he's like, oh, 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 I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, could you go pick that up and give it back to me? It was, it was going to be a trick, but I, I'm not giving you a coin. I only have so many. Yeah, sure. Pip, uh... Hands him the coin. He goes to touch it, and then he goes, whoops! And uh, it turns into uh, a bunch of flowers that sort of sprinkle around you. And he's like, ah, that's my real trick. That's my real trick. How do you like that? It was certainly surprising. Let me tell you this, Imperial. I have not prepared anything for you, and in truth, I did not think that much of you at first. But when you got into my age... Well, you realize the important thing is the people in your life and the people in their lives. So, I will grant you some of my favor. If you ever need something from me, I got your home skillet. But only for the next, like, month or three, I don't know, a year tops. I'm going to Hermitage pretty soon, so cash that baby in. Hey, can I have a favor, too? No, you got the, you got the eye. But I paid you for that. <laughs> You're an apprentice. Why does he get something free and I don't? I just said a whole thing. I, I it was about it was about how I was I, I didn't think much of him because he was an imperial, but now Well, you know, I would have had you not think much of me if you if <laughs> it meant getting a free favor. Ah, but you see, doing it with that intent, I would have sensed it because I'm a very wise old man. Yeah. Ask tricks. I'm wise as hell. All right, this is an injustice, but whatever. I do gotta tell you, he is wise as hell. He would have sniffed you out in a second. In a second! If he were wise as hell, then he would not be performing such uh, blatant double standards. Ooh. Andrew does have you there. Oh, get out, Drix. Get out. <laughs> get what? going. Tegan, gonna... show, show him the door. You're, gonna, you're just gonna throw your <laughs> I'm just saying, he at least could have, like, lowered the price a little. He could have lowered the price a little. I mean, uh, it just seems like, you know, not very hospitable oh. to treat your apprentice and grand apprentice that way. Oh, what's but. that? Oh, no. Oh, you better take me. You better take me back. I think I think I'm having a minor heart tremor. No, I'm leaving. <laughs> it's, I'm it's, leaving. Oh, it's the big one, Tegan. Better stop any conversations. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> and Tegan um, propping Orleans up with their one arm. Orleans, all right. Well, you don't. You don't have to be wise as hell to sniff out when you're BSing like that. Come on, listen. You, you, you three have a safe trip back. I took care of your, took care of your horse. Damn near bit my fingers off though, ornery thing. I forgot we had a horse. Certainly not a nice horse. Why? That's its job. It's a, it's a wild thing, you know. I like it. You would. <laughs> I've only got so many fingers. All right, and I don't, I don't, I don't need to lose any for your horse. Uh, I don't think you have to worry about that. I know you're scrappy. Darn right. Hey, listen, I don't know if you're going to be around for my birthday, but, <laughs> you know, I'm I'm basically, I'm, I'm an adult. Mm-hmm. We know this. Of course. But uh, one could say legally that won't happen for another half a year. Uh, well, I And mean... I hope that I could see you then. Because? Uh, I mean, who knows? I might 
find a way to mosey on over here half a year. Might have to call in a few favors, but I think I can get here. Yeah, yeah. Or I can call in favors. I'll meet you up. I don't know. I'm an adult. I'm worldly. I'm not worldly. Oh, yeah. Oh, I need to to get out. I need to explore. Orleans, I think I should leave Belial. And Orleans uh, promptly smacks uh, (laughs) Tegan on the head. Yeah, it was probably the right move. Enough of that with your cousin. You, you three, get out of here! You're giving them ideas. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Tegan. Ideas is the last thing I want to give anybody. <laughs> Bye, Tegan. If you ever want to come on a train, you know, hit me up. <laughs> Tegan is like nodding uh, as Orlin starts to very slowly drag them away. <laughs> you know. Wild to have them talk about it like we're a bad influence when they've roped us into a treason. <laughs> I mean, we were already gonna do the treason were beforehand. We? I mean, maybe. I, th- I think we were all like flirting with treason, you know, just like. Yeah, but they like pushed us over the edge, you know? That's true. We are now in a committed relationship with treason. Yeah. I suppose. Well, I mean, we could break up with treason, but, like, that kind of seems... No, no, we're gonna do the treason. <laughs> I imagine you've been, like, on the road while this is happening You to both me. know what I'm talking about. Yeah, we, we, we had dalliance to the treason, though. The horse uh, eats the ghost of the bat. Yeah! <laughs> it does a little... <laughs> that never gets less disturbing. I think it's cute. Uh, I'm just kind of used to it. Just because Akarosi horses don't do it doesn't mean, like, all Akarosi animals don't eat ghosts. Maybe they should. What? <laughs> I just don't want to think about horses. There's gotta be, like, some some breed of dork that, you know, gets a ghost caught up in its mustache and then, you know, chops it, it down. Did it, but did... No. You enter uh, through one of the stations with the break in the lightning barrier. Not a permanent break, of course, but uh, upon seeing your approach in a normal rented carriage pulled by a normal rented horse. They're like, oh, well, these people clearly are are meant to be returning here. Show back up. Return the horse and carriage. As for your journeymanship ceremony, that will take place in the train station. Not in the train itself, but like there's a a nice little ornate station. There is an office that Mr. Walker is waiting in. As you open the door, he is sitting with his bald head and Salvador Dali mustache. Uh, he gives an unsettling uh, smile that is attempting to be, like, really eager, like, oh, happy to see you. <laughs> but it just looks weird on his face. Hello there. Thank you for waiting up for me. Mr. Walker? Pippin McKeel. I have to ask about the mustache. He's always had that. He's always had that. I've always had this mustache. Oh. Except, of course, before I was able to grow such a thing. Oh, you weren't born with the ability to... He, uh, he looks kind of off in the distance, he says. No, I... I had a boyhood. Of course I did. Yeah, fair. Then, after gazing off into the distance, he, uh, briefly makes, uh, uncomfortable eye contact with Pip, uh, for, like, a brief moment. Does Drake's notice? Sure, it's, like, it's very quick. <laughs> You know that live slug reaction meme? <laughs> yes. I feel like that, that, that's Andrew's vibe. He uh, clears his throat. <clears throat> Dunville, Colburn, and McKeel, by my estimate, uh, just half a year since Dunville's badging, you have become journeyman line bulls, and for that, I congratulate you. One may think this is a feat, and it is, but... With a career such as this, I think you now understand that a half a year is a very long time. This is the moment where bulls decide whether they will remain bulls and seek the rank of master, or if they will retire, having made far more money than they could have done in any legal job that will allow you to walk away. I am not here to ask if you retire, and please, please do not go through with it for me. I'm here today to thank you for your service so far, regardless of how you choose to proceed from here forward. Well, thank you. And he pulls out uh, three little wedges to be put on badges. Perhaps one among you has kept count of the lives you've saved in the immediate sense in your time on the rails. But I assure you, you cannot know 
the number of lives you have saved by helping to transport goods along the Imperial Railway. The Immortal Emperor owes you a great debt. You've shouldered a burden that, even in his great power, he does not. As uh, the man himself would say, the Imperium is not one man but a great many people, and uh, you number among them, even if you should quit tomorrow. So please uh, accept this addition to your badge and wear it proud, even for just one more day. And he hands out the wedges. Yeah, so go ahead, and um, I think your level, you put your level to two. Yay! Your level is Yay. two now, everybody. You've Ooh, already done your journeyman gifts, but this matters. Walker is, um, it's dark, obviously, but there's, like, a couple of, like, glints of light through the window, illuminating Walker with, like, a weird mixture of pride and discomfort. It's, uh, it's heavy. It's actually pretty light. You know what I mean. I mean it's heavy metaphorically. Oh, okay. Though perhaps that you are not so bothered by it, young Dunville, I am glad. To see you especially is always a sign of hope, and that you are in such high spirits eh. puts a smile on my face. I'm glad to help. I never know what to say in these situations. One light from outside shivers, swipes by, and you can see, like, a, again, that pained, awkward smile. Andrew is also giving a pained, awkward smile, <laughs> but for different reasons. As one does. I think Pip's just gonna be very cordial and try and stone face and just not really give any indication. This might also be the most sober that he has been in quite some time. Who here has the highest insight? I think that is Andrew. <laughs> I got one. Andrel, outside the window. So you thought that, like, maybe there was a lamp swinging or something, or people were passing by with lanterns. But you see, sort of in the, the silhouette of some, like, rooftop across the way, there's a repeated, like, shine that seems to correlate with that, the bit of light that's illuminating Walker on occasion. Uh, and it's coming from a singular spot. Hmm. Huh. What could it mean? Yeah, I don't know what to do with that, so I suppose I will just carry on. Mm -hmm. Walker looks at, uh, no, you didn't bring all your shit, probably. <laughs> I'm like, I was like, I was be like, oh, he looks at the uh, dagger on the circus belt. But no, why would you have that? Why would you have that? Walker um, reaches into a cabinet and he pulls out a bottle, uncorks it, and he says, um, would you uh, sit and perhaps have a drink with me? Certainly. Uh... Do I have to drink it? I don't. Alcohol tastes terrible. I'll have it if you don't want it. It's okay. fine. Okay. <laughs> we can have a little nip. I don't know why you all are into this. It's a sort of social lubricant, as I am uncomfortable with uh, speaking to you normally on account of my position. But I, I would appreciate your candid feelings. How has your time on the rails been? The light is um, reflecting off the bottle. I mean, like, bad. Bad. He looks uh, upset. I don't know. What do you expect the answer to be? I suppose I wanted to know if you had grown some, if there had been a moment that made you think you were doing the right thing. I understand that your debt is paid off to Candace. You do not need to continue. I'm not the one with whom to tender your resignation, but... You've made a good amount of money. I mean, I don't know. It's not all bad. It's a job that needs doing, and I don't really know what else I'd do if I left, I guess. It, it is good to help people. He's been interesting. Interesting. How? Pippin McGill. He's having his ups and downs. Oh, I suppose it's like any old job, just... There is a certain kind of weight to it. It comes to knowing that uh, people's lives are in your hands. And struggling with that is interesting. Mr. Walker pours uh, some more drink for you and him. I think I've improved as a person in the time hence. Uh, the look in his eyes almost pleadingly. So you would say that you are better off for doing this? I think so. That's good. Colburn, the 
Adric, if I may, have you found anything good in your time on the rails? Yeah. Getting to see all sorts of cultures that are different from your own. Getting to travel to faraway places. Meeting a lot of good people. And I think from what we've gathered, the Imperium is has a lot of little tragedies sprinkled all throughout it. And it's been nice to be able to write even just a few of them. Mr. Walker um, closes his eyes slowly and nods. Yes. Yes, many, many little tragedies. Here in the cracks of the paint that we've covered, one large tragedy in. This world will often test you, quiz you, demand a reason for you to keep going. Not one that you can just repeat, but one that you must feel. And it is easier when others have also found one. Is that why you do it? I do it because it's what I was made for in many ways. But I do seek joy as I perform my duties. Well... Genuinely hope you find it, Mr. Walker. Andrel, uh, the light is starting to steady. Everybody's noticing that saying. The light is starting to steady, and you can see Walker smiling. A less creepy, more gentle smile. Yes. I believe. And then, BAM! A gunshot noise. And the shattering of glass as Mr. Walker is shot. Everybody right now, do we consider Mr. Walker a friend or a teammate? Because you've just seen him badly hurt. Definitely a teammate. Take two trauma. But you're not out of the woods yet. Okay. Mr. Walker has been shot in the chest. He's bleeding all over. He is going to die in front of you unless you can do something. <laughs> okay. Coming from the window. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do this. Mm-hmm. But the funniest possible way to avoid this trauma mm-hmm. would definitely be to leave. <laughs> Sure, sure. I'm not gonna do it, but it did pop into my head that he doesn't have to die in front of me. I can go somewhere. <laughs> Elsewhere, somebody else is leaving. As on a uh, nearby rooftop, Coleman Canatcher turns the light off oh. of his rifle and hoists it up onto his shoulder, using zero magic so as not to arouse the suspicion of the Emperor. He's made the shot and uh, begins to jump down to his horse. Walker's bleeding. Ah, oh, Jesus! Uh, there's noises outside. That was a whole ass gunshot. Oh some my God! <laughs> is gonna run to get the rail in. Andrew's gonna run to get uh uh Mr. McClaremont. Sure, sure, sure. Pip, <laughs> your two companions run to go get people, leaving you with Walker as his eyelids are fluttering. I'm going somewhere else. <laughs> this is. Oh man, this is just like digging into. Personal traumas, like mm-hmm. oh boy, this is this is some spicy meat to bowl. I've got to ask, guy, are you taking the three trauma for friends badly hurt, or uh, are you just taking the two trauma for teammate badly hurt? It's fine if you only take two. If Pip doesn't consider him a friend anymore, but that would matter uh, to me. Which one do you pick? I think Mr. Walker is so very important to Pip. Mm-hmm. So I I took two crimson elixirs. I used one on myself. I had another. I -hmm, think Pip mm -hmm. is going to try and, like, get him to drink the Crimson Elixir, the remaining one. That will give you a plus one for the roll to stabilize. Oh, boy. Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna lie. I have uh, kind of stacked the odds against you in an unfair situation. I figured as much. As the base starting off with uh, minus two... Minus one for lack of medical tools, and the other minus for a lack of medical expertise. So that plus one is going to bring uh, any potential roll to be a minus one with whatever you want to roll. Do I still get a plus one if my harm is nine plus? (laughs) Honestly, I think the adrenaline might do it. Because I'm sitting at nine, exactly. Yeah. So this is a straight roll. I'm gonna, and I'm gonna tell you this right now. I'm gonna tell you this right now. This is a straight roll. Whatever you want to employ to help Walker. This shot was with precision in his chest, probably near his heart. You know, Andrew and Drix are not gonna get back here in time with any sort of help that could help save Walker's life. Well, that sucks. It is on you with this roll. 
And I'm going to tell you right now, this is going to be a very difficult roll. I kind of think. <laughs> Am I allowed to use steel for this? For you, I will. <laughs> I will allow you to use steel. I can justify it too, but sure, sure. Uh, I mean, I feel what? like that's pretty textual, right? Yeah. What is what? What's the one you don't want to do? The worst thing you can do is panic. So you don't want to panic disengagefully? Yeah, I think that's probably the worst one. All right. Hey, can we? Can we? Can we cut the bit of me saying I wasn't gonna leave? <laughs> oh, it's cool. If he does die, you're gonna run back just in time for it. Okay, okay that's a five on one of them, and. With the plus two from steel, that is a 13 total. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. So, uh, I'll tell you right now. I'll tell you right now. What I had written out was on a seven to nine, he would speak some last words, but he would die in front of you. On a 10 to 11, he would avoid the trauma of witnessing his death, but he'd be fighting for his life for the coming weeks. On a 12 plus, I'll tell you narratively, it's going to take some proper medical attention. It, of course. But he will recover. Would you like to describe to me some of what you do? Okay, so this is... This is like a flashback for Pip, basically. Like, mm-hmm. back to that night, the, the Feast of Gratitude, where just, like, everything was going wrong. And the only thing that he could do, the only thing that he was told to do, the only thing that he was able to do at the time, was just run. And it has been playing in his mind over and over and over again. Just that sequence of events of everyone like dying in front of him and in his time he's obviously like he's kind of just given up but there's some part in the back of his brain a little little itch that's just picked up little skills of like i could have done something and now brain shuts off pip is not here it's just completely automatic it is that fight or flight response but for pip that panic is do something not run away so just like immediate like pressure on the on the zone pressure on the zone it it bodes well for him too when you notice you you can see the the bullet itself it hasn't splintered in any significant way, so you could probably remove the bulk of it safely. That's not something that you actually want to do. It's something you want to do, but, like, you know that the actual removal... He'll be fine. Yeah. Walker's um, head, like, swivels on his neck, um, and his eyes flutter, and as he, he looks at you. Pip. Pippin. Yes, sir. Not safe. Strangford knows. I can't have figured came to see me. I'm afraid. Crowl might be close. I don't know how Pip uh, really reacts to that, but he's he's kind of just on automatic mode. Uh, suddenly, Walker blinks a bit and he says, And he, he is close. He is close. There is a faint light from Walker's tattoo, uh, and Walker blinks twice. Um, and kind of ignoring uh, ignoring the pain, but not like the incapacitation from the wounds. Walker then speaks in a voice that is not his own. It comes from his own vocal cords. Strange. This Walker's mortal vision fades, but with my own true sight, I see the soul and will of my line bull. Hello, McKeel. This must come as a shock to you. But in truth, I am your emperor and ally in protection of humanity. Do not worry, though I am your sovereign, through your badge you share a namesake with my own ancient companion, and I am heartened by your presence in this strange circumstance. Pip is like, he's, he's got like the, the old thousand miles there. This is everything that he was worried about? Worst case scenario, but he, he doesn't say anything. Walker's arm pats around, doesn't remove the bowl or anything, but feels around for it. Uh, at that exact moment, Andrel and Drix... <laughs> Return with McClaremont and the Railmen. You see, uh, it looks like Mr. Walker feeling around out of wounds with, with pressure that Pip is putting on, but Pip seems to be supporting Mr. Walker. Uh, I don't, I don't think you should move around, Mr. Walker. Calm down, calm down. I've, I've brought, I've brought some elixirs and, and perhaps some gauze. Walker raises a finger and says, Worry not. You speak not to Walker at this moment, but to your sovereign, His Majesty, the Immortal Emperor. The uh, strange, otherworldly voice gives the railmen pause, and they're like, Mon Dieu, 
This is just like the uh, psychosis that Michelle had for a month there. You're not the emperor. You're Monsieur Walker. (laughs) So I've got a question. Mm -hmm. What color is Walker's tattoo glowing? I think purple. Purple. Nice. Majestic. Royal. Drix uh, shuffles the railman out of the room very quickly. Mr. McClaremont's here. It's fine. Go ahead. Uh, We're good. Do anything else! We are anything but good. And you see as he feels, he feels the wound and he says, Within the echoes of the ghost field, this walker's mind presents to me the vision of targeted attack. Composition. Psychometry of the bullet. Finds the culprit to be... Severosi Magician. Hmm. What? The arcane fortresses of Severus. There are Severosi Magicians? Yes, Dunville. They've proven difficult to assimilate, but their docile nature has made me redirect resources to more pressing concerns. Considering the background of the gunmen, this may be no simple assassination. Wait, 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 wait. Do you really think a lone gunman was... If there are a bunch of magicians after you, why would they just shoot you with a gun? That doesn't make any sense. Very astute, Colburn. You honor your badge. It is likely this walker was being targeted for the express reason that it is my vessel. It is how I walk and speak. If they were able to obtain and act on this knowledge, then I must assume this is the moment where they truly decide to challenge my Imperium. Our Imperium. I... I think maybe... You shouldn't just assume that. I feel like this is all a premature conversation since you've uh, just been shot, so maybe we should take care of that first? Fret not, my valorous defenders. Your emperor is safe. This is but a vessel. This walker, if he can recover, must do so without my intervention. Or else his effectiveness as vessel might be impacted. Without his body, I am unable to act directly this far west of my astral spire. But I shall not fall into despair, for in my physical absence, O inheritors of my purified, he, uh, clasps for Pip's hands. I imagine Pip doesn't clasp back, but regardless, it's firm, and it doesn't feel like any other time walkers touch you. The Imperium is not one man, but many great people, and you all number among them. Uh, Mr. Emperor, Sir, Your Majesty... Yes, Goldburn, you may speak. Okay, um, so, so, you're not gonna do anything drastic to Severus, are you? I mean, the Coalfield is my home. McClaremont puts a hand on your shoulder, Drex, and he says, He ain't gonna go after normal Severosi, no law-abiding folks. Just those magicians that have been, uh, roughing it out there. They've, um, they've really stepped in it now, haven't they, boy? Oh, uh, looks like they have. The Emperor Walker says, You speak wisely, young man. I shall move the Imperial military to seek and destroy as many arcane fortresses as possible. Any strength they have is in their number. So isolated, each piece will fall. There is no threat that we cannot overcome together. My bulls, Imperial citizen, with this promise, I shall leave you to move forward with my plans. The number glow uh, fades and the digits change from 999 Walker uh, slumps a little more exhausted but still alive into Pip Drix books it out of the room is Walker conscious? Walker is uh, now unconscious he really stepped in it now Mr. McClamont's like Drix Drix I oh, alright Angel can you help me? Uh-huh. we need some gauze on Walker that bone ain't going nowhere but we need to keep that blood inside his body Pip can't stand there all day holding his wound we got to get him ready for a doctor, and we need to go. Okay. I don't know what exactly happened here, but <laughs> best to leave messes like this. But Drix is gone. The sooner we do this, the sooner we can find him, all right? Okay. Pip, here, let, let, let us take a load off. Let's take a load off. Are you all right, boy? Pip nods, but in a way that it's like very clearly like, no. <laughs> he puts a hand on your shoulder, and he says, you don't have to be all right. You don't have to be all right, boy, all right? You just need to be here with me. You've done great. You've done an excellent job. In fact, get get us some water. Mr. Walk will need some water. You'll need some water. Hell, Andrew could use some water. Pip finally, I think, once Mr. McClaremont starts, like, taking the pressure, Pip's able to, like, finally back off and, like... Yeah. Hands, you know, covered Hands in Hands covered in Walker's blood. <laughs> just like, oh boy, 
How does the blood look? My first instinct is that it, it looks like a like a human being's blood. <laughs> yeah. Here's the thing. When blood comes out, like, in a lot, it's not very bright. I don't think that's the case for Walker here. Mm. I think it is, like, abnormally vibrant. I like that, yeah. Overflowing with life, not unlike a Leviathan's blood. Ooh. Filled with a similar vitality. Yeah. Not because he's, like, part Leviathan or anything silly like that. That would be ridiculous. <laughs> That'd be ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. What's Strix doing? Uh, Drix is fucking booking it to the font of Stavrul. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> he needs to warn everyone. The railmen were, were listening nearby. They say, We shall alert Madame Candice that uh, we should uh, get going. See you on the train, because uh, we are not going to jail. <laughs> and they all um, get going. Uh, Drix just kind of zooms past. <laughs> yep, yep. Andrel, you're there with Mr. McClaremont, helping, like, hand gauze, cut some tape, whenever he needs... And he takes a moment and he says, Andrew, mm-hmm. do you believe that we were just speaking to His Majesty the Immortal Emperor? Uh, yeah. How do you feel about that? Bad? This is all pretty bad. All around, I feel bad. Well, you didn't, you didn't cause this. No, but that doesn't mean you can't feel bad. Do you not feel bad? I feel like I need to help right now. I'm trying to understand what's happening. I suppose you could boil it down to some amount of feeling bad, but I've been feeling bad for about 30 years now. Uh, well, um, I think what's happening is Mr. Walker is hurt and a bunch of people are going to die. That seems like it covers things, right? It does. Hand me those rags. Mm-hmm. I'll rinse them out. Get to the train as soon as you can. Get all your stuff together. We'll leave this far behind. It's good. It's good that you feel bad. I'm sorry that you have to see the Imperial machine work like this. Did you know about this? I never met my father. At least not in a way that I can remember. Because during the Unity War, some of us folks down here in Severus got ideas. And we thought we'd uh, help out up north in Scotland. They weren't even aggressive at first. When a war lasts long enough that folks who started it send their children in it just starts becoming about bloodshed and the imperial machine it's greased by bloodshed you've just been in the cleanest part so far and I, I'm sorry I'm sorry you gotta see all the grime and the gunk I hate it here he asked me if there was anything good about being here and I said helping people but I didn't God, you do help people we shouldn't have to nothing should be like this his um, expression darkens for a bit yeah, but it is like this, and for that I'm I'm very sorry. And he's going to head out to go wash some rags. Pip, yep, getting some water. McClaremont is just looking to snag some water for, from you. Uh, if you went and got it from I don't know, like a pitcher or something, he's carrying the the rags. Now listen, Andrew's gonna go head to the train. Can you go along with her? Make sure she gets back to the train, all right. Pip is like nodding, but is just like. Mentally, not there. Very good, very good. Some of this water's for you. Here, here, let me help you with that. And he starts, he rinses uh, some of Pip's hands. We don't need none of that on the train. You can wash it a little more thoroughly, but right now, we need to go. Yeah. Yeah, all right. Thank you again, Pip. You did a good thing for Mr. Walker, and you're going to do a good thing for Angel by helping her get back to the train, all right? What's going to happen to him after this? Uh, I'll drop him off. Uh, either a hospital or hell, even a church of the <sighs> sacred flesh has somebody who could stitch him up. High ranking official like this. He's gonna be fine. Thanks to you. That's thanks to you, Pip. I, I need you to know that, alright? This could have gone bad, real bad. Heck, if I were in that room, I don't know if I could have pulled it out. Is he, uh, is he gonna wake up anytime soon? Soon enough. Soon enough for you to see him again. Now get going, get going, boy. Andrew's waiting. She's not doing alright. All right, time to go. Yep, yep. Meanwhile, the font of stab rule. The water tingles, and Tegan's there. Well, howdy there, Trix. What's going on? Tegan. Tegan, I fucked up. Well, hold, hold on, hold on. Where, what, what, what do you mean? What, are you all right? We, we, we can be right there to get you. You're not far. Uh, uh, can after he shot, he shot Walker. Well, that's, that's what you said he was going to do, right? Yeah, but he Just shot him. He shot him right in front of us, and, and, uh... We, we washed 
<laughs> we watched it like he 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 didn't die. He's alive, and he got a look at the bullet. What does that mean? Is he is he a the bullet? Was, <gasps> no, you mean he? He took a look at the bullet. He took a look at the bullet. The emperor saw the bullet, and he said aloud that it was a Severosi magician, and that I tried to talk him out of it, but he's going to attack the arcane fortresses. All right, Trix. All right, Trix. I'll, I'll, I'll get everyone together. I'll get Orleans. We'll call Nissa. We'll call Dagan. We'll call all of them. Everyone. We'll, we'll stand together in this. He's going to try to pick you off one by one. We roll together. All right? All right, Trix. He's, he's not going to catch us like that. You were... It's not your fault. It's not your fault, cuz. Never got along with this. I should have stopped Coleman the moment he came on our train. This Nissa was right. Nissa was right, and it's just gonna come down on every one of us. Tegan, I'm sorry. Don't be sorry. Don't be sorry. I'm gonna see you. I'm gonna see you before my birthday, I hope. I'm gonna see you before my birthday. We're gonna we're gonna change the world. Maybe Nissa was right about what would happen in the in the short term. I look up to you, cuz, and you went out to change the world, and you're gonna do it. And I, I'm gonna help you, alright? We're all gonna help you. Okay. Got a whole family here. I miss you. Miss you the second you left. I swear to God, if you die on me before I get to see your birthday, I'm gonna kill you. I'm gonna live until I'm an 80 something year old coot who's gonna be blabber on about Hermitage, <laughs> and you're gonna be right there with me, alright? Alright, cuz. I promise. <sighs> I'm going to go back to the train. I'm going to see this through. But if you need me, call me. However you have to. And I will be there. This is what magic's been kept for, right? This is what it's for. We're going to change the world with human hands. Even if we got to use it all up. I mean, hopefully not. But even even if we got to use it all up. Yeah. Change the world. Goodbye, little cuss. Get going, Drix. Drix, uh, takes his, uh, wizard hat off and puts it inside of his vest. And starts back towards the pride, knowing it's gonna take off soon. Mm-hmm. I think he makes it, like, just before it leaves and jumps on as it starts to move. Yep, yep. What does Drix jump on to as, uh, I imagine Pippin and Andrew got there before Drix, but not too soon. So what, uh, what are you two doing as he runs in. I think Pip is still kind of shell-shocked. I think they're sitting. I think Andrew pulled Pip down to sit with her, and she has looped an arm through one of Pip's and is just kind of leaning on him. As Trix arrives, the door closes behind. Okay. He got out. Who? Walker. Good. He's not on the train? No. But he left him. Forever? I don't know. At least for now. You hear an announcement from Trevor. Uh, attention passengers, uh, Pride of Duskwall is, is now, now leaving for non-stop service to, to Severin through Thorn. Uh, that's right, Pride of Duskwall leaving non-stop to Severin. Uh, all aboard! And the train, uh, lets out a whistle. And blows a jet of fire and smoke in the shape of a mustache and begins a hasty departure and I think with that we can pick it up next time on yeah. Ghost on a Train <laughs> <laughs> Jesus yeah. Greg has been out of game telling us for I think like a couple <laughs> months now every time we're like oh we should schedule the next session Greg has been like yeah it's gonna pop off I know I've been saying that for months now because yeah. he has been saying that for months now uh, but it's gonna pop up I promise it's really gonna pop up this time uh, and yeah that, that, that did pop off pretty hard huh mm-hmm. <laughs> yep no take backsies you're doing no a treason or not <laughs> time clock Ooh, <laughs> Goodness. <laughs> well, we're doing a treason now. Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye. Bye, everybody. Pride of is now arriving. Please allow all passengers to exit the train before boarding. This has been Ghosts on a Train, a podcast with the Faustian Nonsense Network, where we played Ghost Lines, an RPG written and designed by John Harper. 
Music by Sebastian Black and TJ Woods. Edited by Greg Corobus. With Creative Commons Zero Sounds from freesound.org. And additional sound design by Kai Gwillem Pritchard. Our cover art is by Yoshko Agresta. Your line balls for this trip were... Andrew Anderson, badge name Dunville. Played by me, Hannah Levin. Adric, aka Drix, badge name Colburn. Played by me, Stefan Lewis. Pippin, Pip, McKeel. Badge name, McKeel. Played by me, Guys Webel. And I have been your conductor, Greg Karobas. For bonus contents, as well as behind the scenes, become a patron of the Faustian Nonsense Patreon. And in lieu of monetary support, a review on your favorite podcatcher will help Ghosts on a Train maintain visibility. If you have any questions about the Pride of Duskwall or additions to suggest for the train, please email them to ghosttrainpod at gmail.com or contact us on Twitter at ghosts underscore train. And I'll let Candace bring them to the line bowls. Thank you for riding with us, and please consider traveling with us again next time. This program was brought to you by a network of dedicated artists with creative souls just like just like yours. 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 yours Faustian Nonsense thanks you for your patronage. Just like yours.